Welcome to Mammal Talk, a companion podcast for the Blood Bowl Mid-Atlantic Mauling League. In this episode, we're asking the question, what makes Blood Bowl so fun? Welcome to episode 30. Uh, in this episode, we're talking about all the things that I think makes Blood Bowl a really fun game. Um, this is a really, really, really fun game with a lot of things to offer. And uh, I just wanted to talk about those things. I think we don't talk about uh, why games are fun often enough. Uh, I, I think uh, when you want to get somebody into a game, the first question you have to ask is, what makes it fun? Like, why, why should you play it? And that's uh, a question we're going to try to answer today. Uh, I'm going to apologize up front. I think my my neighbor has a really yappy dog. <laughs> and I think some of that came through. <laughs> and if so, I, I apologize. <laughs> but without further ado, <laughs> let's get right into it. Welcome to episode 30. In this episode, we're talking about what makes Blood Bowl such a fun game. I think this is a question that gets ignored by the gaming community for many games that are older than, say, even a few years. And that's because you're assumed to know kind of what they are at a certain point, right? Like, you often don't hear people say, what makes chess so fun? They just assume that you understand that chess exists, you understand what chess is, and therefore that you formed an opinion already on chess. Blood Bowl's been around for decades, and uh, I think it's important for any game, when you get into it, to sit down and ask yourself, why why would I want to play this game? I adore Blood Bowl, and I want to give uh, my thoughts on what makes Blood Bowl such a fun game. One of the first reasons that really strikes me about uh, Blood Bowl and why it's so fun is the fact that it's a hobby game. And what I mean by that is this is a game where you can buy the pieces, put the pieces together, paint the pieces, base the pieces, and really create a team or a set of teams all your own. You will buy what positionals you want, You'll put them together however you want. You can kit bash them. Uh, you paint them up. Uh, you can put cool, cool grass and flocking on it and stuff. And then you bring that to the table, and you have this really cool-looking team, right? Um, games Workshop is a hobby game company. Most of their games work this way. And to be perfectly honest, I'm not really into the hobby aspect all that much. Like I don't like. I don't like Legos, right? <laughs> so I don't like putting things together. Uh, I'm, I don't have the talent or I don't have the, the skill, I should say. Uh, I'm sure I could learn. Um, but I don't have the skill to paint. And, but I love seeing what other people do with their pieces. I love seeing their kit bashes. I love seeing their teams. I went to Gen Con one year and saw a super rad Blood Bowl pitch that looked like it was in a Coliseum. It was all 3D. It was beautiful. And um, this is something that's really, really fun about the game. Um, I love seeing people make a team aesthetically all their own and uh, just bringing that to the table and just just marveling over the art, right? Uh, just it's really, really fun to have pieces because you don't normally have that in, in tabletop games, right? Like in a standard board game, if you have plastic pieces at all, they're going to be one color, right? 
red versus green, or if you're lucky, they might have a wash on them. But with these hobby games, with a game like Blood Bowl, people will bring these beautiful pieces, and it just has such a striking table presence. There's a YouTube channel called Rogue Hobbies, and it's hosted by... Uh, oh, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. I've always I've I've heard her last name pronounced as Suggs on uh, on uh, Warhammer TV and stuff. But uh, uh, it's hosted by Louise Sugden. I think that's her name. Go check out that channel. It is absolutely marvelous. She is so incredibly talented uh, with uh, painting miniatures, and uh, it, it's striking. And I love that channel. Again, I'm not really much into the hobby aspect, but I do love watching other people sort of engage in their craft. And she is so good at it that it, it makes me kind of second guess my opinion uh, or my stance on it sometimes. I think, you know what? I want to do that. <laughs> that is really cool. Um, and maybe I will someday. Uh, but she has a, a unique style all her own and just really has these Beautiful, beautiful pieces that she makes uh, for Warhammer and various GW games. Um, so that's a, that's a big part of the fun of Blood Bowl for me. Another really fun aspect of Blood Bowl is just the theme, right? You've got uh, some semblance of American football. It's not really football. It's you've got forward passing, but <laughs> otherwise, it's not it's not it's not really football, but. You have this uh, this game, uh, this sports game with fantasy pieces, with ogres, with vampires, with elves and dwarves. And it's, man, it's so much fun to just see wacky pieces go up against each other on a sports pitch. You have giant tree men, you have uh, tiny halflings, you've got, and, and they all have such character, just right out of the box, right? The halflings have little pots on their head. <laughs> it's really cool. And then people often kitbash them to make them all all their own. When we talk about kitbashing, we mean uh, uh, when you buy a piece, it'll come with, when you buy a, a Blood Bowl piece, that is, um, it'll, it'll come in parts and you have to glue it together. Well, one of the really cool things about that is you can take pieces from another box and kind of mix and match them, right? And that's called kit bashing. And some people make really, really clever kit bashes, uh, which is a lot of fun. But but the theme is just so much fun. I am uh, what you might call an Ameritrash player. <laughs> so I won't get too into the history if you're unfamiliar. But uh, way back in the day, the market kind of crashed. There was a, a deluge of uh, games primarily from America, Milton Bradley, Parker Brothers, Hasbro, that were... Very, very high in production, like lots of plastic, lots of dice chucking, but the rules were very, very thin. Um, and the games were ultimately kind of boring. Not all of them, of course, but there were just too many bad games on the market that cost a ton of money. The market sort of corrected itself by going in the opposite direction and saying, you know what, let's go with lesser production quality but make the rules really strong and make these really fun games. And that that was sort of the, the resurgence, the renaissance of board gaming with uh, things like uh, uh, Puerto Rico and Catan and things like that. But anyway, so today we, we often delineate between Euro games, which were those, those games from the renaissance, which are sort of very generically speaking, light on theme, 
light on randomness and thicken strategy and tight rules. And you have uh, quote unquote Ameritrash, which are very thick in theme, have more elements of randomness to that. That doesn't mean one's good and one's bad. Obviously, that's where the term comes from. But today, they just sort of delineate these two very, very broad types of games. I am more of an Ameritrash player. I really like games where the theme is inextricable from the actual game. And Blood Bowl is like that. Like, you Blood Bowl really can't be anything else. You can't put another skin on Blood Bowl and have it really be the same game. And uh, that's a lot of fun for me. I really get into thematically and uh, almost narratively uh, into a match when I see, uh, again, like a giant treeman <laughs> intercept a ball, like a branch comes out of the air and grabs the ball. That's uh, uh, that's just really fun for me. Or... or uh, a Noblar just like dodging, you know, dodging between the legs of a defensive line or something. Like I could see this all play out in my head and it's just such a blast each and every time to see it. Um, the theme is so rich and it's so well integrated into the rules that uh, it, it really couldn't be anything else. And I absolutely adore it. Another really fun aspect of Blood Bowl and perhaps my favorite aspect of Blood Bowl is that you have a lot of freedom to play the game your own way. And what I mean by that is there is so much decision-making in Blood Bowl, uh, from strategic decision-making, tactical decision-making, what race you want to play, what the, the composition of your team is going to be, how you're going to skill up your players, which players you're going to try to get star player points on to level them up, uh, what your staff is going to look like, how you play turn to turn. There's so many decisions that you can combine them in nearly infinitely many ways. And because of that, you will see lots of coaches play in successfully in unexpected ways. So you can play your own way. You can take a team, figure out a path to success that someone else hasn't figured out. And for a game that is decades old, that is absolutely amazing. I love that. That's one of my favorite things in gaming. That's why I play fighting games. I love seeing people take a character that maybe is considered low tier and showing the world, you know what? Actually, this is a really good character. You can do that in Blood Bowl. Um, and that's a, real, that's a lot of fun. In the Mid-Atlantic Mulling League right now, there's two halfling teams in the upper half of their division. <laughs> I would never... Never have predicted that, but there it is. Um, and it's just really a lot of fun to see. Uh, I I really, really like it when players have enough agency to, to go their own way. Because not only does it mean you can be creative, but it means that if you are down, the probability is that you, you just haven't found the path to success, right? There are so many choices to make that uh, a clever player will more often than not find that path to success. And whether that's a obvious path or whether that's a creative path, they will find it. The opportunity will be there. And that makes games hype every single time. And I love that. Speaking of decision-making, the strategic depth of the game is very rich. And um, if you want a strategic game, 
Blood Bowl is that. Again, there are so many choices to make on the strategic level. What race do you play? Am I going to be dwarves? Am I going to be wood elves? Those are two very different teams that I'm going to have to play two very different ways. If I am wood elves, what does my team look like? Do I have two war dancers and the rest linemen? Do I pick up a thrower or a catcher or two catchers? How many rerolls do I pick up? Do I pick those rerolls up when I'm a fresh team while the rerolls are half price? Or do I wait until later in the season? Do I pick up an apothecary? Do I pick up cheerleaders? Uh, how do I kit out these players, right? If I take a lineman and he levels up, what skill do I put on him? Maybe it's wrestle, right? Can I get block on somebody? What do I do? Um, and these, these decisions don't stop there. They carry on game to game, competition to competition, season to season. Maybe you're in a competition and, uh, You've really got to win this game, so you go all out. Um, but maybe you, you're up against a team that's going to be up against another player that you're competing for a slot in the top four for. So you decide not to foul his players because you need him to be in the best shape he can be to go murder your opponent. Or maybe, um, maybe you've decided, you know what? Actually, what I'm going to do is because my team's so fragile... I am going to not stall. Uh, I'm going to score quickly, and I'm going to try to get the ball back uh, on defense because I I have a cage buster or, or something. Um, your strategic right when we talk about strategic decision making, we are talking about what is my path to success? What does success look like, and how do I get there? And strategic decision making, as opposed to tactical decision making, is sort of free flowing. This. Your strategy might be changing game to game, week to week, competition to competition. But it's your overarching plan, and you need to make sure your your ducks are in a row to uh, execute on that strategy. And again, because there are so many choices to make, um, there are lots of ways to do that. There's a lot of strategic depth in the game. You'll see coaches... Uh, drop a ton of TV, maybe one week, just so they're not giving up enough, uh, just so they're not giving up a, a lot of petty cash to their, to their opponent. Or you'll see a coach maybe pick up a certain skill just for one game because they know, um, they're up against an undead team and they need stakes or something. Um, there's a lot of strategic depth in the game and you can spend, you can spend months <laughs> just pouring over all the skills, all the races, and, and all the different ways you could execute on these teams. Not to be outdone, the, the tactical depth is very rich in Blood Bowl as well. So tactics are your, it's your toolkit for executing on, on your strategy, right? So tactics might involve your formations. They might involve, um, going bash heavy versus uh, dodging away. It, it might involve uh, threatening the past, things like that. That's very rich as well. You will see a lot of time by uh, Blood Bowl personalities are spent on the tactical elements of the game, on caging, on formations, on, on setups, um, and things of that nature, on, on moving the ball. 
it's a big part of the game, no doubt. And if you are into highly tactical games, Blood Bowl is that. There's lots of maneuvering. It's almost like a war game in that sense. Uh, pieces exert an area of control. It's called their tackle zones. Uh, they control portions of the battlefield, portions of the pitch. The opponent is trying to bust through. If they're on offense, they're trying to bust a hole through the defense. Um, if they're on defense, they're trying to shore up that defense. They're trying to to stop the offense's forward momentum. They're trying to encircle it. Uh, and they're trying to get back the ball and go on the offense themselves. There are lots and lots and lots of choices to make. And a lot of the game, uh, a lot of games, individual games, are won and lost on a bad tactical decision. Maybe somebody went for a two-die block, but their opponent had the block skill, and it bit them, and it was a turnover. Um, maybe somebody went for a Hail Mary, and it worked out. Um, not that that's really a tactical decision, but but uh, maybe somebody uh, did the math on the dice, and they said, you know what? My best odds are if I do this thing here, and... Uh, that will only work if I have a reroll. So on this turn, I could keep the drive go, or I could keep the turn alive by spending a reroll. But you know what? I'm going to let it rock. I'm going to get knocked down. I rolled a skull. It'll be a turnover because next turn, I'll be able to convert that reroll into odds in my favor for a big play or something uh, to that effect. So there's a lot of tactical decision making in Blood Bowl, um, and, and if you like. Uh, this is going to sound strange, but if you like skirmish games, Blood Bowl might be up your alley. Um, again, there's a lot of there's a lot of controlling area. There's a lot of breaking through an opponent's line. Um, you know, in a, in a skirmish game, maybe you have uh, capture points, objectives. That's kind of Blood Bowl, right? You're you're trying to break through the defensive line and now and and trying to control the pitch further downfield. I am behind the line of scrimmage. I want to get across the line of scrimmage. I'm on the 10-yard line. I want to get to the 16-yard line. Uh, I'm going to commit to the left wide zone, so I need to control it and protect it. Um, very, very tactically rich game. And uh, when you combine that with the strategy, you have a gate. Lots of games will focus on one one doctrine, right? Or one area of decision-making. There are lots of tactical games. There are lots of operational games. There are lots of strategic games. There are even a number of grand strategy games at this point. But there are relatively few games that give you a wide breadth of decision of decision-making. There are relatively few games that are both strategic and tactical. Blood Bowl is one of those games. And that's one of the reasons why I love it so much. There's lots of Strategic decision-making, there's lots of tactical decision-making. Now, if you're someone who gets overwhelmed by that, if you're someone who defines a game as being complex due to the number of decisions you are required to make, it can be an overwhelming game. But if you are someone who likes decision-making, who likes having a wealth of options available to them, then this is a fantastic game because you can you can devise a strategy. And a lot of coaches play the game exactly this way. Uh, at the beginning of a the season, they'll pick a team. They will devise a strategy. They'll say, you know what? This is what I'm trying to accomplish with this team. And then over the course of the season, maybe that strategy shifts or changes or alters a little bit. Um, but then they employ their tactics to try to forward that strategy. 
And uh, it's so much fun to put those two pieces together in a game and and uh, watch it happen. Uh, I, I really, really like that aspect of Blood Bowl. Um, it, it's just, it, it's one of those games where I, I can sit and I can take a thing. When I think of tactics and strategy, I think of taking a plan that is all my own and then being able to implement it. And uh, you can do that in Blood Bowl, which I think is really, really, really fun. The final element, uh, for me anyway, that I think makes Blood Bowl a really fun game is the dice. Now, I know for a lot of people, they think dice means random. Random means I don't make decisions, and therefore I don't like it. After I talked about all the strategic decision-making, all the tactical decision-making, now I'm going to sit here and say, oh, the dice are really cool. Here's the thing with dice, or really randomness in general. Any game with randomness, whether it's dice, whether it's cards, or some other randomizer, if the game relies on the randomness, uh, I don't find that all that fun. But what randomness can do is it can force you to change your plan. So if we take a big step back and we say, is Blood Bowl a game where the better player can consistently win? The answer is yes. If the answer is yes, then it's not a random game right? Blood Bowl is not a random game. What the dice do is force you to change your plans. And that makes it a very exciting game. So when you combine that with the fact that you have so much decision-making, you have lots of tactical depth, you have lots of strategic depth, you have lots of freedom to play your, your way. When you roll triple skulls, well, now suddenly you've got to change your tactics, right? Or maybe you've got to change your strategy. Or your ogre rolls boneheaded and now you've given up a hole in your defense or worse, maybe even your offense. Now you've got to change your strategy. Now you've got to change your tactics. Oh, now I've got a big hole. I've got to cover that. How do I cover that effectively and, and keep my forward momentum or, or keep my offense going or not get encircled by the defense? And that is really fun. Games that don't allow for that, for some sort of randomness tend to get solved, in my opinion, right? It means you end up with, uh, again, like chess. Not that chess is a bad game. Chess is a phenomenal game. But you end up with sort of a standard a standard set of opening moves. Mid-game tends to look the same. The end game tends to look the same. Um, in Blood Bowl, because you have the dice, and uh, sometimes you can even have cards uh, in play, this, even if you have the best plan, you might get a bad die roll and you've got to change that plan. And, and that may not sound appealing to you. You may say like, well, if I had the best plan, I, I should have worked. And if that's the type of game you want, that's fine. Blood Bowl's not for you. But what I like about that is it makes the decision making, decision making even grander because not only does my strategy have to work in the best case scenario, but it also has to work when the dice fail me. Right. I have to account for when the dice fail me. And this opens up a wide array of decisions that I have to make. Action order becomes important. I need to have backup plans. I need to have plans that back up those plans. I need to be able to understand when something is too risky. Right. Or I need to understand when a risk is worth it. Uh, currently in the league, there's a, an ogre coach. Ogres are defined by the fact that they have boneheaded. You have you know six ogres on a team, rolling a one on a d6 every time they take an action. An ogre is going to go boneheaded. 
And playing an ogre team, you learn that lesson real quick. Maybe I don't action all my ogres, right? Maybe I action just these guys because I can't take the risk of these guys going boneheaded and losing their tackle zones. Um, I love that 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 aspect of the game, and I love it when uh, when very uh, games that are very rich in decision making add an element of chance because it, it forces you to plan out even further and have contingencies and it's just more decision making to make. And when you're, you're in a game of decision making, which, you know, I would argue most, if not all games are, that is really rad, right? It's really, really cool to watch somebody's plan blow up and then they, they pivot quickly and they're able to continue and and score, uh, or or to watch watch their defensive plan blow up, and they're able to pivot and get their defense back in check. It's so much fun to see, and uh, I really really love that aspect of the game. So those are the things that make Blood Bowl fun, in my opinion. This is a game that you can aesthetically make your own pieces. You can make them as beautiful or as basic as you want. You can play Blood Bowl with cardboard standees if you want. The very first version of the game with card- came with cardboard standees. Uh, it has a, a great theme that is directly tied into the rules of the game. You really can't separate the two. Um, there's a ton of decision-making. It rewards players who are able to navigate those uh, those decision-making waters successfully, right? To, to create a a strategic plan to execute on their tactics, to to pivot when the dice don't go their way, um, to even understand what it means to have the, the dice go your way, to understand the basics of probability um, is a big, big part of a, a game like this. Um, and and because of all these com- this, these combinations, because you have so many different layers of decision-making, because you have the dice that are going to force you to change up your plan from time to time, you have a lot of freedom to play your own way. And uh, that is, in my opinion, why the game has endured for so long. The rules at this point with the BB2020 rules are have never been better. It's a great time to get into the game. It, it has uh, you know the full support of Games Workshop. I adore adore this game um, even if you get overwhelmed with games with a lot of decision making I would urge you to give it a try because the theme is so strong and the hobby aspect is so fun that just watching goblins and and uh, high elves take to the pitch and throw a football around in itself is a ton of fun even if you don't know what you're doing it's fun to watch to watch a death roller <laughs> roll roll over a vampire or something, or watch a vampire try to score, but he can't because he has to feed on his own thrall. It's so much fun. The rules are not terribly complicated. This is one of the games where the rules are not complicated, but the decision-making tree is. Those are the type of games I like the most. Um, and it's, it's not really... It, it is a dicey game, but this is not a... You're not playing... Uh, King of Tokyo, which is a game I love, but <laughs> you're not playing craps in, in Blood Bowl. Uh, the, the dice are there to keep you in check, so to speak. When the dice roll bad, do you have a backup plan? Which means there's just that much more decision making to make. And the better coaches will win more often. There's a coach 
Doug the Minotaur in this season, he has lost two games all season long. <laughs> We're in the, the Dungeon Bowl, the third competition. Uh, he's something like, I don't I don't know off the top of my head what his record is, but he's something like 20, 24 and 2. <laughs> it's, it's something ridiculous. <laughs> but that's my point. Like, good coaches will win more often than not. And uh, you can't look at a record like that. Um, and there are, there are lots of great coaches in the league that have very similar records that just have really high win rates. You can't look at that and go, oh, well, this is a game of chance. It just isn't. It just isn't. It's a game of decision-making. And uh, uh, if that sounds appealing to you, um, I would say jump into it. If you like building really cool minis and, and painting them and, and and basing them, get in the Blood Bowl. You, you, that can be your avenue into Blood Bowl, uh, the hobby end. Again, I strongly recommend checking out uh, Rogue Hobbies. I uh, Again, I'm not really a, a hobbyist. I, I love Games Workshop games. But uh, I'm not really into the hobby aspect, but I love watching other people uh, perform in the hobby. And and uh, uh, Louise is just absolutely amazing. It's just so much fun to watch these really, really beautiful minis get painted. Um, and I really enjoy watching what other people do. We have people in our league that will post pictures of their of their uh, painted minis, of their kit bash minis. And man, it's so cool. It is so cool to see. <laughs> it's so much fun. <laughs> um, one last element I would say, it's not really intrinsic to the game. But something I really, I find a lot of fun with Blood Ball is the community is really awesome. Um, you know, by and large, the people that are in the Blood Bowl community just want to play the game and they want you to play the game with them. Um, and, and our league is no different. In fact, our league was made specifically for that purpose. We want to share this rad game with people, get people involved, um, and, and just check it out because it is so much fun. I love this game so much that it blows my mind. <laughs> it blows my mind that it exists and that more people aren't playing it um, uh, just because it's so rad. And uh, I, I think people should check it out. Uh, it has a lot to offer. Um, I, I personally think it has something for everyone, unless you, unless you just don't like making decisions, which is fair enough. Um, but, uh, I would suggest, uh, picking, picking something from what we've talked about today, pick something that appeals to you. Just give it a go. Go to your, uh, friendly local game store, um, pick up a box, pick up a Griff Overwald or something, um, paint it up or, or pick up the starter set and play a game of humans versus, orcs and uh see what you think man i would be very surprised if you don't get hooked <laughs> that'll do it for this episode you can watch the Mid-Atlantic Mauling League on Twitch at twitch.tv slash aviaunit02. That's E-V-A-U-N-I-T, the letter O, the number two. And watch archive games on YouTube at Blood Bowl Mammal. Be sure to check us out on the web at www.mammal.club. That's M-A-M-L dot C-L-U-B. You can also follow us on Twitter at Blood Bowl underscore Mammal, Mastodon at Mammal at M-A-S dot T-O, or on Facebook at Blood Bowl Mammal. Play Blood Bowl!
You can play Blood Bowl online via Cyanide Studios, Blood Bowl 2, Blood Bowl 3, or in Games Workshop's tabletop form at your friendly local game store. Be kind to each other. Forgive everyone. Praise Nuffle. And may he bless your dice.